Sports Entertained is recorded live at twitch.tv slash baldyandthebeast. Come check us out every Tuesday and Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and watch the matches right along with us. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Bront. I'm Willem. And we are Baldy and the Beast. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Entertained. Willem. Yes. What's on the card today? Today, we are watching... The Outsiders and Partner versus the WCW contingent, which is Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and Sting from Bash at the Beach 1996, otherwise known as the birth of the NWO. Yup. I don't think I've ever life. seen the match. Neither have I. But I'm looking forward to the angle. Yep. Gotta get that. That's uh, too sweet. So, uh, the, uh, excuse me. The match happened on July 7th of 1996 at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida, mm-hmm. with 8,300 8, people in attendance. Uh, none of them could have possibly known no. what they were going to see that night. That that feels like a very small amount of people, and then you realize this is pre-NWO, like before the 83 weeks. Yep, yep. and that was probably, a lot of those tickets were probably comped. Yep. Um, but anyways, so like he said, the match, uh, was between Hall and Nash, the outsiders and a spoopy mystery person mm-hmm. versus team WCW. And this all started back on May 27th when Scott Hall came out unnamed and unannounced Yep, and said that he was here in WCW to invade WCW. I think the exact words were, you may know who I am, but you don't know why. I'm here. Yep. Uh, so anyways, he came out he, and he made a challenge to Bischoff to pick his best three wrestlers to go against Hall and two mystery partners. Yep. Uh, the first partner named was obviously Big Sexy, Kev Nash, on the June 10th Nitro. And after that, the two of them became known as the Outsiders, which, quick sidebar, good name and a great gimmick for this story. <laughs> yeah. Like, fantastic name for what they're going for here. Yeah, it really, it really does kind of make sense for what they're going for because all they were known for at that point was stuff outside of WCW, like Kevin Nash's Diesel, uh, Scott Hall's Razor Ramon. That's that was it. I mean, they they had te- small ten years before, like they actually had ten years in WCW before they went to WWF, but they weren't known for that. Yeah, and WCW was also trying to sell the fact that maybe they weren't here on WCW's dime. Yep. And maybe they were here on Vince's dime. Yep. Um, so, so uh, anyways, after the Great American Bash, after that, Bischoff accepted their deal, and the Outsiders demanded to know who their opponents would be. Uh, Bischoff refused, and that earned him a one-way trip off the stage and through a table. <laughs> uh, then the next night, uh, they had a random drawing done. And then Savage, Sting, and Luger were chosen as WCW team. Yes. Um, the Outsiders that night refused to reveal their third man, and they continued to inter- interrupt WCW events. Who now, is they probably, the third man? They probably refused to reveal their third man because they didn't know who it was going to be yet. Yep. Um, in the process, and this is all everything I'm about to say is according to Scott Hall. So if it's incorrect. Talk to Scott Hall. <laughs> take, it with, um, take it with a little grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, so apparently Brett was pitched as a third man by 
uh, Hall and Nash. Mm-hmm. Even according again, according to Scott Hall, met with Bischoff, and Bischoff was interested, but Brett wasn't. Uh, then even going into the night of the pay per view, they still weren't. Oh. 100% sure if Hogan was going to turn because he had had this such a long face run that had made him so many ducats like I can see how he was a little iffy on whether or not he wanted to return yep um, so even going out into the match the last words Bischoff supposedly said to Holland Nash were if Hogan doesn't show up I'm sending out Sting so even though Sting I mean, was in the match that's let me go back to I'm because <laughs> Sting was in the match already. How are they going to send out Sting? Listen, take it with a grain of Scott Hall. <laughs> take Just it with all... take it with a gram of cocaine. Yeah, Scott. No, this was after he got clean. Okay, but Scott said if he doesn't show, if Hawk doesn't show, I'm going to send out Sting. Maybe he was going to have Sting turn. He was going to, like, tell the ref or something. Maybe. And Scott just worded it weird because it's been 20 years on. It could Maybe be. Scott's remembering wrong. I don't know. But I do know Sting was considered as the third man. Yeah. And if it wasn't Hogan, it wasn't going to be Sting. So I do know that for a fact. Okay. I don't know much at all about this era because this I was four at the time, and I do not go back and watch much wrestling history. I listened to the Eric Bischoff uh, 83 weeks on this, so I know a little bit I do um, via that. I, I happened, actually, before the birth of this channel, even, I happened to listen to it. Okay. So, but yeah, that I do know. So, going on, the night of, let's go down the card real quick, Master Willem. Okay. And before we do, everybody out there watching, if you would like to watch the match along with us, we are starting at 2 hours, 14 minutes, and 0 seconds. Um, it's also, they have the little time cards at the bottom. It's the main event. So yes. it says Outsiders and Partner versus Luger, Sting, and Savage. Yes. So the first match on the card, and their uh, cruiserweight division, you can tell, is already in play here as you have Psychosis mm-hmm. versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Please put it in my veins. I bet I bet that was a fucking banger of a match right there. Probably. Yep. Yep. Um, next up, we have Big Bubba versus John Tenta. And I'm pretty sure that this is a, some type of coin on a pole match. Yeah, I, I you can kind of see it by the uh by the thumbnail there. Uh John Tenta, also known as Earthquake, I believe, and Big Bubba, I think that was Boss Man. Yes. So Um Next up, we have DDP versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, that would have been worth watching to see DDP. Yep. Especially uh, early DDP. Yeah. Well, this is 96, so I don't know right. if that's... <laughs> He's still, like, in his 30s or late 30s here. Yeah. like, But, but that's the thing, though. He didn't start training until he, until he, like, was in his mid to late 30s. So this was when yeah. he was still, like, learning how to do stuff. So it's, it's interesting Fair to enough. see the growth. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guys that are old, the Nasty Boys fought Public Enemy in a dog collar match. Oh. And then, yeah, great. that was probably... Uh, Disco Inferno. Uh, good worker. Bad opinions on wrestling. Yeah. Uh, fought Dean Malenko. That'd be good. Joe Gomez and Steve McMichael. 
I'm being totally honest, I don't know who Joe Gomez is. Neither do I. That sounds like an absolute train wreck of a match waiting to happen just because of the fact it's got fucking Mongo in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I don't I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Um uh Ric Flair fought Conan for the US heavyweight title. I bet that was good, good for on Conan. Yeah, I bet that was good on some level. Like Yeah. I, I've I'm not super familiar with Conan as a worker. I know that he's a very good promo, um, a good frontman for what was LAX, but I don't know how he was how he was as a worker. So actually having him with a mat, in a match with Flair that could have been a very good match. Um, yeah, it might be something that I go back and watch. I probably won't though because I won't remember to. Um, and then next up, it's there's a weird one. It says the Four Horsemen versus the Dungeon of Doom. Uh huh. I don't. I can't tell if that's a match or a segment, but I think it's a match. It's a match because it's like twenty-five minutes ish. Oh, is, I can't see that on my screen. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't give me likes. You know, uh, it, it's it's not giving me time. I'm just doing math because I already have like the the timestamp for the outsiders in WCW. Oh, okay. And that's at two fourteen, and this is at one fifty-six. So it, it's okay. it's eighteen minutes and an eighteen-minute segment. And then, yeah, I know it's probably a match. That was my bad. Yeah. And then in Finale Mont, we have the Outsiders and Partner versus Luger, Sting, and Savage. Yes. So, are you ready to get into it, Master Willem? I am ready to get into it. In five, four, three, two, one, click. I like how the the call from the the uh, color guy there was "Here we go," <laughs> and knowing what we know now, <laughs> yeah, a group of outsiders. <laughs> I got Michael Buffer over here cutting a promo on the outsiders. Jesus. And it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, he's just reading off a cue card. You can see his, like, he's looking down and reading his lines. Well, I mean, yeah, but when I think of pre-written promos, I think of the dog shit WWE feeds us on a regular basis. So (laughs) it's a good promo. Right. And I like Bruce Buffer as a voice for wrestling. Yeah. It makes it feel... Is it Bruce Buffer or Michael Buffer? One of the Buffer brothers. Or Buffer father's son. To the Google machine. I need to get me a button that just makes the noise. Man, this crowd feels super close to the ring. Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. I had it right. Oh, and out come the outsiders with that, with that generic like knockoff Razor Ramon sounding music. But they're about to get a really good theme. They are about to get a really good theme. Uh, and I know this doesn't really matter, but Michael Buffer made twenty five thousand dollars per appearance. Huh. Lucky get. Yeah, I know, right? He showed up to a pay per view once a month and crashed a twenty five thousand dollar check. <laughs> yep. Um. Little side note, I I feel like this set would be a gig- 
I feel like after this match, or after this show, the set was just a gigantic pain in the ass to clean up because it's sand. It's just sand all over the damn place. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this arena was before this. It it almost looks like just like a big high school gymnasium. If yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. It's the uh, Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Okay. Literally, checks notes. Um, Fucking greasy ass Scott Hall over here. The slicked back hair. Ain't using water, using real grease. Probably. Yeah. Um, oh boy, oh see. boy, oh boy, look at that pyro. <laughs> the, the hostile takeover match. No, there was like, there was pyro above the ring that was just like six sparklers going off. Okay, so I'm looking at the. Um, are you familiar at all with Daytona? at all no not really so off of the mainland there's like a little like inlet long island type of thing Mm -hmm. and that's where this is located it doesn't Uh, look very big at all okay um it looked there's like it looks like one two three like 12 streets okay and then a little beach on each side so it's not very big okay so this is probably just like smack dab in the middle of everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Also, somebody in the crowd at the sign that says Lex Loser, but Loser was spelled with a U. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Scott Hall over here still talking like Razor. Yeah, I don't sued yet oh yeah they i forgot they got sued like soon after this because they had to come out and say i'm scott hall and i'm kevin nash and we do not work for wwe or wwf at the time right on like live tv or something yeah to the credit of how bad scott hall and kevin nash's theme was yeah wcw themes on a whole i don't remember fondly there are a couple. So, like, all of the WCW themes were just offshoots of whatever popular music was at the time. Like, if I remember right, all DDP's was was just a really, really bad take on Smells Like Teen Spirit. And Ravens was Evenflow. Yeah. Even, well, his finisher was the Evenflow DDT. Yeah, but his song was the song Evenflow. Right. Well, not literally, but... Like, not also, actually. what's going on with Lex's face paint? I think they've all got face paint on, because they're all trying to be yeah, stable. But Lex, I the way his eyes are, he looks like a bad fucking RoboCop. Yeah, I know. I don't think you thought too hard about that one. Like, Sting's even got black eyeliners, but his doesn't look like one solid line. Right. I don't know, man. It was the 90s. Maybe he thought it looked cool. I'm bitching about face paint from 30 years ago. 25 years ago. (laughs) I was, I mean, rounding up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even then, I I was rounding up because it was only 24 years ago. (laughs) I would love to say that was a planned out gimmick, but it wasn't. Yeah. I, so Savage in that purple and yellow face paint looks way better than Luger. I know. Well, I think the only reason Luger's got those colors is because that's the color of his gear. 
I think I feel like yeah, they were just going with the color of their gear, and Luger was just like, "I'm gonna do it dumb." <laughs> he looks like a bad version of God. What was Brutus's bad gimmick where he painted his face black and white and said yes and no? Um, I have no idea. I I know what you're talking about, but I have no idea what it's called. Somebody will know. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Um. Shit, I was gonna say something. Oh, um. I appreciate that, like, Luger kind of knew his place in wrestling, because after he went to the dub and he was the narcissist for a while, and it just went nowhere, like, they 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 tried to make him the next Hogan, and it didn't work, and they, like, they tried to push him with the Lex Express, and it didn't work, and he went back to WCW and had a huge fucking career for himself. I appreciate that Luger knew where he stood in the in the grandscape of the wrestling world because he's a very WCW looking wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. He's also a Vince guy too because he's fucking huge. Yeah. But... I mean everybody at this time was fucking huge. If you were in the business, you were fucking gigantic. Cause I think was this this was post post roids. Yeah. yeah, but barely. This was two years post roids. Oh, was it that far already? Yeah. Yeah, that was... That was 94. Um, oh, that was a little oh. Wasn't um, part of Luger's gimmick that he had, like, a big metal plate in his arm, and that's why he did lariats all the fucking time? I know they did that in the dub. But I can't remember they did that in WCW. Okay. Well, I mean, all I, I know, all I know is that... A whole bunch. Yeah. All I know is that he was just throwing a bunch of bunch of clotheslines all over the place, and I figured they were still doing that. Hall just ate some fucking rail. Yup. Luger out cold on the mat, not knowing what to do. <laughs> Who's on commentary right now? Sounds like Tony. Is it Tony? I think it's like Tony and Heenan, maybe? Heenan and Dusty. Heenan and Dusty. You tell Dusty. Yeah, but there's a third man, and I can't tell who it I is. I think it's Tony. Okay. I, I couldn't tell, because, well, okay. So I've got the, the audio turned down so that it doesn't come through on the microphone a little bit, just to pull back the curtain a little smidge. Um, from this distance, I couldn't tell if it was Tony or if it was, like, uh, Mike Tanay. And I don't think Mike Tanay was a thing at this point. I don't know, to be honest with you, if he was or not. It might. Yeah. I I associate Tony's more with WCW and Mike more with TNA, so yeah, maybe that's why I said what I said, but well, I and, think it's not like Tony. And uh, Mike Tanay was like one of the lead guys for Thunder, if, I, if I'm remembering that right. Yeah, but nobody watched Thunder. Right. Also, they're uh, stretching Luger out of the match right now to make it even. Yeah, I think Which you're right. That makes sense. Huh? That doesn't make any sense. What? They've got a third man coming. It doesn't need to be even. It's got to be even. It would be even if their guy would have showed up on time. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It's pre-NWO WCW. It's still some weird shit. Even though, even though it's like before, before the boom happened, it's still a really weird era. Yeah. So I've got like 
I, I particularly like I I think Scott Hall is really cool. I really like Kevin Nash though because he's a Detroit guy and you don't I feel like you don't hear of a lot of guys from Detroit. Oh, I love the don't get me wrong. Scott Hall is probably my favorite if I had to pick out of the two. Right. But Kevin Nash is not like not like Scott Hall. I like him way, way more. Yeah. Like Kevin Nash is hilarious to listen to and he's got a mind for the business. Yeah, I know. And I feel like he did like really good shit with his money. Yeah. Oh. Fucking Sting fired up over here taking down Hall. Bashing his brains in on the mat. I'm surprised he hasn't tried to go more into a backstage role somewhere. Yeah. I think he's just to the point where he's like, yeah, I did my time. I can make appearances. I can make a billion dollars on myself. I don't need to do that shit. Does Scott work for NXT? I don't think so. AEW should sign him to work in their developmental. Oh. Man, there's a lot more speed in this match than I would have given for 96. Yeah. Oh, or WWE guys. should sign him. The fact if Scott Hall is not working in somebody's developmental is a crime. Yeah. I mean, I've got my own opinions on signing a lot of these guys. I, I'm kind of to the point where if some of these guys don't feel like being in the business anymore, then don't let them be, don't don't make them be in the business. Like if they no. No, I completely agree with you. If Scott Hall doesn't want to, yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to put out there that I think Scott Hall should have to work against his will anywhere. Right. If, if Scott Hall doesn't want to work, if, if you know, he, I don't want to work either. Like, I get it. <laughs> if he's made his money in the business and wants to, you know, retire happy, fucking good on you. Yeah, right. So like, I don't want to put out there that, like, I don't think if he doesn't want... I think he should have to. Right. But should Scott Hall want to, it's a crime that he's not working in developmental somewhere. Right. Um. So just looking... I understand that Kevin Nash is a gigantic human being. Um. Was Randy Savage considered a small guy for his time? Whenever I think of him, I, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I don't know, oh. though, but like... I don't think of a guy that's probably as tall as Randy Savage is. Right. And I think he was considered... Oh, 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 that looked super bad. Oh, that was bad timing. That was all on Savage. Oh, he might have just broken his fucking neck. Yeah, I don't think he worked very much after this, and that might be why. He's lucky if he's not very seriously injured. I don't remember if he did get injured in this match, but that looked like hell. That looked really bad. Although, if he did get injured in this match, it's a really good way to sell the way it ends. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) Scott, in the time, or Scott, in the time that Randy wrestled, Mm -hmm. like, big guys didn't mean, like, tall like big show big well it did too yeah. but like it didn't just mean tall you had to be like right if you jacked. if you were if you were large and muscly if you had lots of tummy bumps uh um, yeah you you were you had yourself a good spot in the biz and i guess he was like jacked chiseled in, but he, he wasn't was, jacked yeah he was chiseled but yeah exactly what you said um and i guess at this point like he's nearing the end of his career of what would have been his career. Um, so I don't think he's in quite as good a shape as he normally would have been, 
but he still just doesn't feel like that large of a person, especially not somebody who uh, Vince made like top guy in his top story for two years. Yeah. So, but I think you left something out that's important here, Willem. As you said, he was about to end his career, and you were wrong, because he was about to begin his rap career. Oh, yeah. He did an excellent, amazing hip-hop album. I need to get that on vinyl. See if that shit's on eBay, Amazon.com. It actually is. I think they had one on an episode of Quizzlemania for, like, I forget how much it was, but... no. I Yeah. Okay. So, Razor... Razor. Scott Hall just hit a fallaway slam on Sting. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the fallaway slam as a move, mainly because I feel like you're inches away from crushing your own fucking head. Yeah, uh, and I think that's how it looks a lot of the time. Yeah. To me, I think there are a couple people, like, if they get enough distance on it, I'm fine with it. Yeah. But most of the time, it's just a move above your head, and it's not like an actual throw. Right. Even like Hangman doing it, because I know that he gets a little bit of distance on it. Even he, it like it to me, it looks a little rough. And that being said, if the wrestlers are continuing doing it, it must just it must be one of those things that just looks worse than it is. Yeah, and oh. it looks more dangerous than it is. Fucking hoof to the gut. Even if you think of it, like, as Hangman's going down, even if the guy does land on him a little bit, it's not going to be, like, with the most, like, even if it does get botched, it, it's it not going to be, like, like, moving off of his head, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not going to, like, squish you. It's, you're going to get glanced, and it's going to suck, but you're going to be fine. Yeah. Our man Savage over here about to get the hot tag. Ooh, Ooh drop kick to nice, the knee. Yeah. That was a nice drop kick to the knee, too. Yeah. Given how, how how Kevin Nash's knee problems and his fucking quads went years down the line, I can imagine that was not fun to take for a big man like Kev. Yeah. Yeah, he's grabbing oh. on his knee outside. Yep. You know, he's like, fuck, man, my knee, that hurt. <laughs> Why did I let him talk me into that? Right. Oh. Just dropping the elbow <laughs> right on his neck. Tony Schiavone saying he's okay with these guys getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they're really selling uh, just the disrespect of the outsiders on the WCW guys, just you know, smacking them around. Really, just. The, the, I guess disrespect that I already said is the correct words to use for that. Because they're, yeah. they're really selling them as like somebody outside the company is like, no, we're going to come fuck shit up. Yep. We're, we're not gonna... trying to. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I thought you were <clears throat> done. Go ahead. No, it's just saying like, we're going to fuck shit up. We're going to let stuff happen. We're just going to do stuff until you, until we can't anymore. Until you call the damn cops on us. Yeah. They really sold it. Like they wanted you to believe that. Like I said, I don't know if I said this before stream or on stream, but they wanted you to believe that they were here on Vince's time. Yeah. Like, that's what they wanted. And it worked. Yeah. Especially for the time going into some of the stuff they're going to do. And we'll talk about that afterward. But yeah. they drew real heat. Like, real world they really consequences. Did. Yep. And, and it was impressive because I've 
I don't think that level of heat could be reached today. Well, it's it's impressive, especially for the time, because given technology now, given the the breadth of social media, there's no way an angle like this could even work today, because smarks all over the place would be like, oh yeah, no, they signed. Yeah. Now I don't know. I think it could be done. Like AEW's brought people in totally under the radar. Well, okay, they they brought them in under the radar, but everybody would know the second they show up that they're signed. Because everybody knows how their contracts. Oh work. yeah, I, I I misunderstood what you meant. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, it, everybody understands at least in the the wider internet wrestling community, they understand how their contracts work, so they know that it's not a thing of like they can't show up on their TV without being under contract. Yes. Of some, yeah. In some way, shape, or form. I understand what you mean now. Ooh, Savage over here trying to get some cheers from the crowd, trying to get that hot tag. It shows you how good of a worker Savage was, even in his later years. Yeah, I know. Because they still trust, like, they cut somebody out of this match, and they cut Luger out instead of Savage, even though Luger's got Savage beat on years. Right. Savage wants to make his way into this match. He's trying to get in, trying to get that hot tag. His dog's got a fucking, like, regular chair. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you went into the crowd, you grabbed a chair out the front row, it's like, I'm gonna... And for those of you on audio platforms, it wasn't like a folding chair. It was like a, like a school chair. It was like a plastic middle with metal right. bars on, like, it was a very basic, but, like, it was a chair chair. Right, like, if you, if you go to church or something like that and they got, like, extra seats, that's that chair. Yep. Oh. oh, that fucking paintbrush right across his face. Gear is really good too. Yep, it's very basic but effective. Yep, I always really liked the uh, like the the dripping blood a little bit. Like that's how it's supposed to look on Hall's gear. Yeah, I've also I've always appreciated the fact that Sting like he. I, I'm not a big fan of trunks unless they look good, particularly on a wrestler. I always prefer tights as far as, like, ring gear. So I've always yeah. appreciated the fact that Sting has, basically his whole career, he's always worn tights instead of trunks. I just feel like trunks can get a little, like, you can do more with your ring gear with, uh... With tights. Tights, Yeah. Like, you can't get half the detail that even Sting, these aren't intricate tights. You right. couldn't get half that detail onto trunks. Right. But I, I kind of get it as far as, like, movement goes. I feel like there's a chance you could probably move better in trunks than in tights. Yeah. And if you got to look, then you got to look and you got to stick with that look, regardless of if you feel like you would move better in trunks over tights. Yeah. Oh, Sting fighting back. About to go get that hot tag. Oh, he got that hot tag. Too heavy for Kevin to hold up. Oh, here he goes. Oh, the diving axe handle. I hate top rope axe handles. I know, they look so shit. Half the time, the only reason they get thrown is so the guy can get kicked in the stomach anyways. Right. Go for Dean Ambrose's elbow off the top. Randy out here wrecking shop. 
about to go for another red, axe. Getting that red hot tag. Yep. Went for like five axe handles. Oh! Oh, we got hit in the dongle. Oh, Randy's poor dongle. Yep. That was a rough one, too. That was. Hogan's coming out for the save. Here comes Hogan. He ain't even got a goatee at this point. He just got a mustache. He's got to come out to be the replacement for Luger. You know, Kevin Scott had to be elated when they saw Hulk. Yeah, I know, right? They were just like, "Oh, this is gonna be big." They saw Hulk come out, and they were just like, "Oh, oh!" And there it is. There it is. Hogan just turned on WCW. Yay! Arguably the biggest heel turn in wrestling history. Definitely the biggest leg drop in wrestling history. Yep. Look at the people. They don't know how to feel. Right. They don't know what the hell's going on. Some people are stoked. You got people that are like playing to the crowd. You got people yep. that are upset. They have, they have no idea legitimately what's going on here. There's about to be way more people upset. Well, Hulk's been face and not even a face, like the top face in North American wrestling for a decade and a half. Right. Well, a decade. We'll just go a decade. A decade at this point, yeah. Two, three. And they didn't even care to have the ref count it. Right. They were just like, we're going to do it. This is us. We're taking over. We won. Yep. We won because we said we did. Yep. I still genuinely appreciate that. um, With all the shit on Hulk Hogan. Um, no matter where he's at in the ring, no matter what's going on, you can always tell what he's saying and what he's trying to do. He's the best emoter ever in the business. There's a reason why he got over. Yeah. It's just a shame he's not a good person. Yeah, I know. This is, they throw the garbage and they play into it and this is great. Yep. I remember at this point, like, a very prevalent thing was, like, if they didn't like something, the crowd was going to throw garbage in the ring. Like, it happened a lot in the 90s. Bring back, but not trash. We yeah. should take a hint from Japan, and we should take a hint from ROH, and we should all throw streamers. Yeah. When people do good. Oh, someone threw, like, a full cup, a full drink all the way across the ring, and it, like, flew over Mean Gene's head. And we should throw toilet paper when the match is bad. Yeah. Because it's a shitty match. Get it? (laughs) I should be in charge of booking the universe. Yeah. This had to be so weird for him to heal. Yeah. You you <laughs> gotta. Like... Oh, go ahead. You gotta feel like the second Hulk walked out, uh, both Scott and Kev, they were just like, "Oh, we just made so much money. Oh, we mm-hmm. just made so much money. Oh God. Yep. Oh man. Oh, they're God. celebrating. And they're like, 
Our checks, our t-shirt checks are gonna be so big. Yep. <laughs> Here. Oh no. I like how they dropped the of wrestling brother really quick. Yeah, I know. Well, because I, if I remember right, they had like a really shit shirt at first, and then became like the iconic NWO shirt. I don't think that's true. No. Um, but he's really, like, playing up the heel work there. Like, I can't tell. Okay, I can't tell. He's definitely playing heel, but I can't tell if he's actually, like, being heel intense or if it's just Hulk Hogan. Just, Might just be Hulk Hogan. Just screaming into the mic. Well, to be fair, I don't think I honestly don't think that Hulk ever wanted world class matches. No, he just Hulk wanted, wanted to win and make money. Yep. I think like so. There's one match that I know of that Hulk wanted that was or that Hulk did that showed that he actually could do some work, and it was in Japan. And I don't think like some people know that it exists. I don't think. It's ever been aired most places, but he did a match against the Great Muda, and it was a really like solid match and showed that Hulk actually could do some technical wrestling. He just he never had to. Right, he never had to because he's Hulk fucking Hogan. Yeah, and I get both sides of that coin. Yeah, because like on the one hand, yes, I would love for you to come out and like do all this technical stuff. Yeah. But on the other hand, to quote Big Sexy, if you're Nolan Ryland, or if you're Nolan, Nolan Ryan, you only you only need to throw a fastball. You yeah. don't need to throw anything else. Right. If you got the best fastball, you got the best fastball. Right. That that's that's very true. It's entirely the reason that um like that Orange Cassidy is popular. Yep. Like, he he found his thing. He's like, all right, I'm going to make a bunch of money doing this. But he wasn't making a bunch of money at first. He's like, all right, I'm popular in this. I'm popular here now. I'm going to do this. This is what I'm doing. He wasn't signed to be big. No. Like, this, they're the, the intent with Orange Cassidy. I don't, not that I think they ever intended to bury him. Right. But I don't think they ever intend them to feud with Jericho either. No. Um, the but, New World Organization. Yeah. Look at all that trash vibrating the ring. They're like, oh man, we're going to have to throw away this ring apron now, aren't we? What a good angle. Right. 
Well, I mean, and even Hulk right here, he's, um, well, I guess he would have been the one that originated it. The, um, like, sassy Sami Zayn thing where he comes out and he, like, does kind of a parody of his own entrance. That's kind of what Hulk is doing here. He's doing a parody of himself. Yeah. They replayed the arm raising. Yeah. Did that need an instant replay? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I love how between these two men, Hulk Hogan doesn't look very big. Yeah, I know. Um, and that's the end. There is apparently a credits. Well, I mean, it have was you ever movie. seen a wrestling pay per view with credits? Um, I vaguely remember there was stuff at this time that was like there. There were credits involved. Okay. Well, okay then. I didn't. I, we learned something. Maybe I just haven't paid attention at the end of old pay per views. Who right. knows? Right. Because a lot of times the the finish goes and then I turn it off. So that's totally possible, I guess. Yep. But are you ready to get into the post-match stuff? Yes, I already got my stuff written down, so let's get right into it. How many Willems out of five do you grade this match? Well, let's see. Are we grading it on work rate or are we grading it on what the match did? Okay, let's grade the match first. We'll both grade the match. And then we'll grade the angle, which I, I would conclude the angle being Hulk Hogan walks down is the start of the angle. Okay. Um, the match itself, I give it maybe two and a half stars. Yeah, I was it, thinking. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So the the work rate in this isn't, like, phenomenal. Um, it's got some interesting stuff. Uh, for the time, it's a little faster than you would expect it to be. It's about what you would see on, like, a modern day weekly TV as far as like standard work rate. Um, I don't know if I like the fact that they wrote Lex Luger out immediately in the match um, to make it so that it was all tied up. Like they, they, they wrote him out specifically for the purpose of it being the outsiders, just Hall and Nash versus just sting and Randy. Um, but it didn't need to do that because they were still expecting the third man to come down. So that I guess that's kind of how the angle wound up, because they didn't know how that was going to turn. Um, but there was some good work. There was some good work in this match, not a whole lot. Um, there were a couple really sketchy spots where, um, like, the one. there's one spot where uh, we, we commented on it during the match, but um, uh, Hall, you know, Kevin Nash comes in for just an elbow drop in Randy Savage, and Savage comes up like a split second too early and he lands the elbow instead of landing it across his neck in a way that's safe. He lands it on the back of his head, on the back of his neck and kind of like jars that whole thing, that whole area. And it looks and it looked really like rough. Hell. It looks yep. so bad. Um, the, the hot, te- like the majority of this match was just sting getting the shit kicked out of him, getting a little bit of offense in every now and again, but really just Hall and Nash healing the hell out of this match um being being the outsiders like they're being billed at they're being billed and presented as an outside force sent from WWF to come and destroy WCW from the inside that's what they're being mm-hmm. billed as and that's what they're being presented as and that's how they're working in this match um but the the majority of this match was just the outsiders destroying sting and then um <laughs> it, it, that's what it was um 
and then Sting wound up getting the hot tag on Randy. And even that, I feel like, was botched a smidge because um, Sting did this move where he was going to, like, you see it a lot nowadays where it doesn't work, where um, the guy will jump onto his opponent in the corner, try and jump over him and reach for his partner. You'll see that a lot now. Um, but I don't know if that spot was supposed to go on a little bit longer because Kev just kind of toppled and fell over and they got the tag. And then it yep. was just like a solid minute and a half of Randy running around doing top rope axe handles, which is not a very, at the time it might've been good. It doesn't look good now, which that might just, that entirely could just be a thing of the match hasn't aged super well compared to some other things. Yeah, and it was, like, the mid-90s, but, like, Randy's probably still working more of an 80s style because that's what he's known for. Yeah. Like, and what was the prevailing style of the 90s? Just kind of... the. I guess the prevailing style of the 90s was the brawler. Yeah, like, but I don't think that was quite born yet. Not quite yet. Um, like, there's still a little... T- well... I guess this was well. Let's see. So I'm I'm gonna do some looking real quick. Um, you go ahead and give. I'll I'll let you go ahead and give your your thoughts on the match. I'm gonna look for something real quick. Well, I value the match a little less than you from a as a match standpoint. Okay. I only gave it two bronze. Two um, bronze. It's just not that. Like I don't know. I'm never gonna get out of bed and say, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna watch that excellent tag team main event at bash at the beach 96 yeah that's not why people remember this match people yeah. remember this match for the end and for the angle yeah. and the end and the angle were as advertised they are fantastic yep um it's it the, the and well you know what we're gonna get there so I, um, I i found the thing that i was looking for so what we were talking about was, was the brawler style kind of popularized and made up as a thing at this point? The So Stone Cold Steve Austin is kind of not the innovator of that style, but he was very much the, um, the one that popularized it a lot. That didn't really come about until he... Until Owen Hart broke his neck in that Survivor Series match. Was it, I think it was either Survivor Series or SummerSlam. I can't remember which one it was. But this was after stone cold started to get popular with the austin 316 because king of the ring 96 was a couple weeks before this so there is still some um, wait was that before this yes king of the ring 96 was june was june 23rd 96 you know that's that's just i guess a weird wrestling thing i always just assumed that this came first no um, but it did take a while for Stone Cold to really take off and get that popularity because it wasn't until Mania the following year that he had the match with Brett and he did like they did the famous double turn and Stone Cold was such a badass that he just passed out in the middle of the ring. Great finish. Yes. We should do that match. That was a fantastic finish. Yeah, it was. Um but yeah, so that the, that was my thoughts on the match, and as far as like the brawler style, that's kind of where it where it started. It was really kind of original, as, and I suppose at the time, this was when ECW was also getting popular, and there was a lot more hardcore stuff going on. So a lot of the brawling could come from there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But that's my thoughts on the match. You said you gave it two stars. You're going to yes. give it two brats. Two brats. Um, um, but as far as the angle goes, five brats. Yeah. Five, like five full brats. This was, um, I didn't get into it earlier. This was the most heat mm-hmm. I can remember seeing. Um, as long as I've been a wrestling fan, I don't think I've seen heat. Oh, yeah. With the exception of the pipe bomb, and that was a different kind of heat. Yep. Anywhere close. Yep. Um, this The crowd hated it, but that didn't deter Hulk like mm. maybe he would have thought it might have. Yep. And he, he played into it. He, they threw drinks at him. He didn't give a shit. Right. He kept doing his promo. He didn't even break his cadence. Um, and I think that helped sell it so much. And I think a lot of that also comes down to the fact that even though it was Hulk doing something that he hadn't done in a long time, because all of his WWF run, he was a face. But prior to that, he was doing some heel stuff, and he was doing heel work on, like, uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling and stuff like that, bef- and the AWA before coming to WWF. So he, he is familiar with heel work prior to his WWF run, but he did spend at least a decade, if not more, as the face of the wrestling world. So yeah. the fact that he had all that time to work on his ability to continue to do a promo that kind of contributes to this a little bit here. Um, I'm also going to give it five Willems simply because it's the start of the NWO. It's start of the Monday night wars. The most, the, the biggest boom period in the biggest, the most best selling, the biggest period in professional wrestling history. Mm -hmm. And it all started here. Uh, with arguably the biggest heel turn in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. And it, it, however you want to think of how it turned out in the end, yes, there was a lot of politicking. There was a lot of politicking. Um, arguably, the NWO wound up driving WCW into the ground with the addition of a bunch of yep. other stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. The over-reliance on it. The over-reliance on the NWO was kind of what what wound up doing WCW in. Um, but for the time and for how long it lasted, it was easily the, the biggest angle and the biggest heel turn in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. The angle was so good, like you said. It started not just a WCW boom, but mm-hmm. a wrestling boom. Mm-hmm. That's how good this angle was, and yep. that's that's phenomenal. <laughs> it it took three guys, the three guys, the Outsiders and Hulk Hogan. They took with this angle a show that was not maybe not the biggest show of the year, but one of the bigger shows of the year in an eight thousand seat venue off the coast of Daytona, Florida. It took him from that. To being the big, the biggest, and the to this date the only company to ever compete with the WWF and beat the WWF for a long period of time. They were running probably, and I don't know this for a fact. I would assume they were running Nitro events of similar size to this pay per view. Yep. If not larger, and they were selling out. Yep. And that is something they didn't do. Yep. Um. They, I don't think, made money until 96, 97, if I remember Bischoff saying correctly. 
Yeah. But like they they lost money in perpetuity for years. I can believe it. Uh, until they had, I think they had like that one really big year. They made a ton. Yeah. Ton of money, but it was all based on the back of this. Right. And the exciting thing with the times we're living in now, at least on a wrestling landscape, is the conditions for something like this to happen again look like they're starting to be there. Right. And it's it's coming from the opposite way, where, um, where WWF had been around forever and WCW was looking to be like, the king com- or the, the 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 underdog that could to come up and take over in the business it's looking to be well i can't even say it's the opposite it's looking to be the exact same thing where AEW is the new the new hotness in the wrestling industry and it's looking to come up and take over on the yeah. wrestling business and the 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 big difference is that um WWE currently is doing WCW-esque booking from like the 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 end of WCW. They're doing very poor booking on a lot of their stuff. Um, but I I think to be fair to the WWE, they were doing that in 1995 as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like they for all the praise the Attitude Era is given, and rightly so, it was a very short era that drew a ton of money. But the mm-hmm. area the era immediately preceding it was bad. Yeah. It was like the didn't draw. It wasn't good by any by a lot of measures, and yeah, kind yeah. of like where we're at now. Yeah, um, the, there's so it, it's it's kind of a weird period because so ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, <laughs> at least up until this point, um, were very poor years for wrestling. After this, that's when the boom happened. That's when. Like, the Attitude Era didn't start until a year after this, because it wasn't until um, uh, the Montreal Screwjob that the mm-hmm. Attitude Era even started. Um, so there was still a year after this happened until the real boom happened. Um, and it lasted until 2001, until um, May 17, because the end of the Attitude Era is arguably when Stone Cold turned on The Rock. Turned yeah. turned turned on the fans at Mania seventeen and aligned with uh Vince McMahon. And it was really weird because, you know, WWE bought WCW and it turned to shit real quick. Yep. Almost real, immediately. Real, real quick. And it wasn't until I I'd argue as far to say that it wasn't until NXT started that it started to pick back up. Yeah, and now now the drop off was steep at first, but then it kind of settled out, and it was, it, they had a period that was okay, but yeah. like as soon as the competition was gone, it was like Vince knew he didn't have to do all the things he was doing. I yeah. don't think he ever necessarily liked the things that he had to do. Yeah, but he realized he had to do them. Yeah, and if nothing, Vince will chase the almighty dollar. Yeah. So, and I think that's why he gets away with a lot of stuff he books today. Because you can say what you will, he is making more money now than he has ever made, and it's not even close. Oh, yeah. Like, a thousand percent. So, you you can't fault the guy. He's still running a business that makes money as much as we complain about it. Right. 
but I think we're growing a little long in the tooth here. Um, so I think we might want to wrap it. Um, what are we going to be watching on Thursday? I don't think we ever discussed it before. On Thursday, we're I... gonna, we are going to be starting a new trilogy. We finished the AJ Styles John Cena trilogy last week. We're going to be starting a new one coming this Thursday. That is partially a lie, Will. What? We're not going to be starting a trilogy on Thursday. We're going to be starting a duology. Duology. Yes, duology. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. And then the trilogy will be next. Okay. And that's not at all because I haven't picked the trilogy yet, but I have picked the duology. Um, So anyways, (laughs) duology is going to be Brett and Owen starting at WrestleMania 10, that famous five-star match. And then the second one the week after will be their SummerSlam rematch. Mm -hmm. And they are both bangers. They're so good. I remember... I specifically went back and watched WrestleMania 10 just to watch this match because I heard it was so good. It and it lives up to the hype. Yep. Um, but anyway, thank you everybody for coming out to watch us. Thank you for people who watch us live on Twitch. Thank you to everybody who listens to us on all of our audio only versions. Um, we have, as of yesterday, we are now on Google Podcasts. However, for whatever reason, I click on the link and it doesn't take us anywhere. But we're all of the links to everything are down below. Um, thank you for all the likes. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the chats talking to us, um, coming to see us live, coming to watch our videos. We greatly appreciate it. Um, if you want, come check us out on our social medias. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. Um, follow us there. We don't post much there, but that's because we don't got many people there. If we get more people that are interacting, maybe we'll post more. Um, but yeah, yeah, we we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate everybody coming out. Everybody talking to us whenever they can and especially all the views and especially all all the love that we get from you guys um yes like i said before we will be back this thursday at 6 30 p.m eastern standard time and we will see you there Bye bye